If you're in full-time ministry, at some point, you may have wondered about doing something else for a living. Staying power is an essential factor to the maturity process. So resilience is what we will talk about today with editor and pastor Bill Knott, a man passionate about grace who will share how to mentor ministers toward resilience next on Ministry in Motion. Bill, I'm anxious about talking to you about mentoring resilience in other pastors. Wow. What, what is it about being a pastor that we lose pastors? We lose gifted and talented people. We, we sometimes, I, I've often thought of it that we have the idea that it's like when, when a pastor emerges from their theological training, whether undergraduate or very likely seminary these days, mm -hmm. it's sort of like, like being loaded into one of these cannons that shoots a person out into the trajectory <laughs> of ministry, and we just assume they'll keep flying. The reality sure. is gravity happens, yes. and that persons fall toward the earth, and they begin to experience inevitably life stresses, financial stresses, hmm. uh, the experiences of loneliness. All of these things have an impact that begin taking the energy and sometimes the faith out yeah. of a young person who's moved into ministry. Unless we're going to build support systems around them, uh, we, we're going to have more losses than we care to talk about. You know, when you look in the Bible and you see how Elijah went through a period of, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to hide in a cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Lord confronted him and said, hey, why are you here? Yeah. Um, I think that all of us at some point or another go through periods of doubt, periods of discouragement. So what is the, what is the issue? What happens? Um, is it that we don't get support when we need it? Is it that we are so disillusioned that ministers walk away? What is it that this whole vanishing act, this whole period of time mm. when you know, I'm a little shaky. I don't know if I'm going to stay or go. I'm not all in. What is it about that period? Over in the, in the nature of my work, I travel a good bit around North America, and I frequently meet young pastors at events, and we strike up a conversation. Often a few weeks later, I'll pick up the phone and call them. And when I first start the conversation, they're, they're full of faith. Oh, Dr. Knott, uh, everything's going wonderfully in my district. Evangelism is starting in two weeks, and, and the congregation is full. And... 15 minutes later, they're sobbing mm. on the phone. Mm. And I've learned that when they get a chance to talk realistically about their actual experience of ministry, it's not the bright and shining picture always sure. that we want it to be and we hope it is for them. The reality is many of them experience ministry as a place of loneliness, of mm. tension, and we do well, all of us who care about the future of ministry, to acknowledge the reality of that fact and start building in support structures even before they enter ministry formally so sure. that there's a lifelong system where they know there are support and resources for them all the way along. Wow. You know, we were talking a little off camera about yeah. the, the whole piece that people don't really leave necessarily all the time because of theology. Mm -hmm. 
but it's because of things that happen in ministry. What, what would some of those be? Or I, what have you heard? I, I listen to many young pastors talk to me about their experiences, and I would say that the majority of those who tell me about the struggles they're experiencing, and after we've tried to create a safe space for conversation, the majority of those are not talking about issues that we would call of faith, of theology. Okay. They're talking about life stresses. Can I afford to stay in ministry? Right. I've got massive student loans that mm. are coming due in my early years of ministry. Sure. This is the time I might want to be starting a family. Um, can I do that with the financial resources we have here right now? How will starting a family change my experience mm. of ministry? And the one I hear most frequently, I'm lonely. Mm. I don't have a support system. Yes, someone comes and visits me officially, my supervisor, but that isn't the same as someone with whom I can talk, open my heart, find prayer support with day in and day out or week in and week out. Yeah. I spend a lot of time trying to work in that latter area. You are a mentor, and I'm grateful and appreciative of that because we need more people pouring into the lives of others. You know, this whole factor of resilience. Um, what, what, how would you define resilience in ministry? Resilience is the ability to experience the typical and normal pressures of ministry without experiencing a break or a crack that makes it necessary to separate from ministry. Ah. And, and resilience is, in other words, building in adequate supports. I don't think any of us emerge from our theological training with enough to do it by ourselves. Sure. We may be strong personalities, but we're not strong enough for all of those difficult people we're going to meet out in our parishes. We're not strong enough for all the life circumstances is the three funerals in a week that mm. we experience. We're not, right. we're not ready for all the emotional pressures that come with being in, some call it the fishbowl, <laughs> and, and, and our marriages and our families being inspected by everyone. Yeah. And so we have to, resilience is actually saying, how do I intelligently build around myself or help build into someone else's life the support systems that will let them keep doing this task until they themselves can become mentors for other people down the line. Wow. Did you have someone to pour into your life or did you watch others and learn? Uh, how did you learn resilience? I, I happened to be one of those who was blessed <laughs> in, in that my first year of, of pastoral experience, I was placed with a man with whom I had already built a strong spiritual friendship as a young adult. Sure. But he poured his life into me, took me everywhere, shared everything he could share about his life and ministry, talked honestly about the stresses and the pressures, mm. so that I came to have, I think, more realistic expectations of the role than I would have had otherwise. Wonderful. Similarly, I found myself attaching to groups of pastors with whom I could be candid, who mm. I could talk with about the stresses I was experiencing. Do you guys ever get lonely? Do you ever mm. experience the sense that you're out on a little island by yourself in the middle of your parish? Yeah. They all nodded. Yeah. What do you do? I asked them questions. They told me their stories. Frequently, it was those gatherings of candid conversation that were the most helpful and healing moments. It sounds like uh, you need a safe place to have some resilience. Uh, it doesn't happen oh. by itself. We don't. Okay. We, uh, even the most optimistic and, and, and uh, Pollyanna kinds of personalities <laughs> there may be out there are going to meet that rock wall. They're yeah. going to meet that moment where they are confronted by something they can't break through. 
Mm. What resources they have around them at that moment are really going to be telling about whether the rock wall breaks them or they break through and continue a successful ministry. You know, self-care is also an area of resilience yeah. that, that um, we don't deal with a lot publicly. No. And um, I want to hear from you some of your self-care methods and uh, other ways that you've seen how other ministers or pastors have taken care of themselves. When we come back, we're going to look at this wonderful topic about building resilience in others through mentoring with Pastor Bill Knott. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our special guest is Dr. Bill Knott, and we are talking about an important subject for ministers. It's about mentoring resilience in them. You know, uh, Bill, if I may, I think sometimes we are more concerned about taking care of machinery, our houses, of course, our cars, more than we are ourselves. Oh. And... And yet sometimes in ministry you give and you give and you give. And it's not until we hit the wall that we say, hey, I'm not a machine. I need to take better care of myself. So let's talk about self-care and, and how it um, relates to resilience. To, to do that, we almost have to disabuse ourselves of certain models that have come from many of us about what ministry is about. We've assumed that ministry is one sacrificial workathon. If I'm not putting in 18 or 20 hour days, if it doesn't hurt, it isn't ministry. Wow. That mindset, unfortunately, is part of the, the, the mindset of many persons who enter ministry. Mm. They assume that unless they are praying all night and working all day, yes. that they are somehow falling short of an ideal. It's a mythical ideal, frankly. And those of us who've got a few years behind us have realized that when we when we did that in our own lives mm. we quickly began to experience the emotional and physical uh, difficulties that come with working too long too hard or under mistaken ideals sure. we had to take remedial steps to begin self-care Mm. Self-care is a term that many of us in ministry are a little uncomfortable with because it sounds like we're pampering ourselves. Right. But if we think of it this way, how are you going to last for 40 years in ministry? <laughs> how are you going to have a sustainable life and a sustainable career to keep your ministry going forward? Then intelligence says, start wisely, support enduringly, and make sure you finish well. You know, this is almost the opposite of what I heard and saw starting out in ministry. In fact, people used to brag, Bill, about the last time they had a vacation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now that I've gotten older and yeah. I look back, I said, man, I wonder if their spouses or children would amen that statement. <laughs> I had, I listened to well-intentioned speakers stand up when I was a young pastor using lines like, better to burn out than to rust out. Neither of those are God's <laughs> ideal. So let's not use either of them. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I suppose burning out over rusting out. But the reality <laughs> is God intends that ministry come from wholeness and joy, yes. not from either burning ourselves out or lying idly by. And the, the reality I've experienced is that we have individuals coming into ministry with unrealistic expectations that mm. they have everything in themselves they need. Wow. Actually, 
They are a vehicle into which the Spirit pours strength and power and which the church needs to gather around if that ministry is going to be sustainable. And sustainability mm. is the key issue I see happening. Recently had the experience of looking back at my graduating class from seminary almost mm. 35 years ago <laughs> and reviewing the list and just knowing what I have learned over the years, realizing the attrition rate. I don't mm. mean persons who went on to other careers in ministry besides pastoring. I mean people who left ministry altogether mm, because, totally gone. because the pain level grew too high. Mm. The pain in their marriages, the pain in their finances, the emotional pressures, the loneliness. And in many instances, they have told me, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't have a support network. Wow. I didn't have a mentor who could say, here's how you take care of yourself in this moment. Better to take the five days off here and recover than mm. it is to work through and break. Right, right. And I'm so glad that Jesus placed in the Bible that his example was to come aside and rest a while. You know, the scripture actually says that, that our Lord took time to self-care. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a wonderful, wonderful model. You know, the responsibility is a part of us, but I think it's also the responsibility of the organization, the, the leaders, yeah to kind of say, hey, no, you're, you're, you're working too much. And frankly, many young persons in ministry don't know reasonable parameters yet. They yeah. had, no one said, this is enough, this is right. appropriate. More typically, they've said, do more. And so we find individuals sort of chasing their tails, attempting to accomplish things that frankly would be best left to what the Holy Spirit is doing in the congregation. In that first parish I served under the guidance of a very wise man, we were helping with a lifestyle center associated with our parish at the time that had as its goal to help rehab airline pilots Mm. highly trained individuals who were wearing out too quickly in their careers. The airlines had an interest in getting extended life service, but these persons' health was deteriorating because of the unique pressures that come with such a high-stress career. Mm. I began to realize that's a pretty good analogy to what's happening in ministry. The yeah. individual who's come through a seminary education represents a significant investment the church has already made before day one. We've yes. put tens of thousands of dollars into that yes. person's education. Wise stewardship would tell us, let's make sure that they not only are supported, but that they finish well. Every one of those individuals who's left alone to die on the vine represents yes. a financial and witness loss to the church. Mm. So what would you say the reason is that self-care has been shunned for so long? It feels self-indulgent to some people. It's sort of like uh, some people think of it as a kind of pampering. Actually, it's an intelligent assessment of your own strengths and weaknesses. If I know I have a bad back, I don't lift pianos. <laughs> right. And I happen to be one of those. Right. If I know that I'm not good at running the 100-yard dash, I don't volunteer to do that at the church picnic. Right. We, it, it, assessing ourselves intelligently is something we ask other people to do in ministry. Mm. The minister, the pastor, applying those same assessment skills to oneself is actually saying, how will I get through this year, next year? That means taking care of my physical health. It means, mm. means making sure my marriage stays strong and viable. Right. It means making sure that the finances by which my life is supported mm -hmm. will keep my family solvent going ahead. 
it means making sure that I have a circle of support. Sure. I don't know those things inherently. If I hadn't had someone teach me some of those things, I would have been one of those statistics that fell out of ministry 30 years ago. Amazing. And you know, I, I believe that if anyone ought to be uh, supportive of sabbaticals and taking a break, it ought to be Sabbatarians yes. <laughs> who, who believe in a, a built-in God-given day of rest. Yeah. And so we still struggle with this. And in these modern times, we're not slowing down. We are speeding up. And when we come back on Ministry in Motion, we're going to talk to Pastor Bill Knott about this very important subject of resilience by looking at what it means to learn how to be resilient. Next on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with Pastor Bill Knott, editor of the Adventist Review, and Pastor Par Excellent. Bill, when we left, we were dealing with resilience. What would you say the um, most important factor of staying power in ministry is when it comes to resilience? Being attached to someone through a mentoring relationship who mm. can teach me things I don't know, can show me what will likely be coming down the road for me in ministry, even before I've experienced it. I was ah. blessed to have people who said, there's going to be a day, Bill, when your health is challenged by the pace at which you're doing ministry. There's going to be a day when the finances don't all match up. There's sure. going to be a day when you are discouraged. And showing me, teaching me, even before I had those life experiences, resources I could find, mm. where to go, where to turn when those moments came into my own life. Wow. So, so someone was real with you. Oh. That, that was the blessing, that they didn't hide anything from me. They didn't put on an image to say, I'm an experienced senior pastor and you're a green intern. They said, right. no, let me share my life with you. Let me share with you what's actually happening. Here's what I'm experiencing five years from now, 10 years from now. Mm. You're going to be seeing the same things. Be prepared for that. Don't be surprised by that. But what will happen then, Bill, if I'm not resilient? Mm. And I get discouraged or I uh, feel like I can't go on any longer. Uh, what would you say to a pastor like that? What, what are some of the things that you can help turn a pastor around with? I, I believe that, that Christian pastors are professionals by definition. Okay. And a professional is an individual who recognizes that there are skill sets out there in the community that I need in order to live a balanced and healthy life. When I'm ill, I go to a doctor. And <laughs> I also go when I'm not ill so that I won't become ill. Prevention. Prevention as well. So there are steps I can take to, to both handle the, the crisis, the emergency of the moment, and prevent those crises in the future. For instance, individuals, all of us who experience discouragement in ministry, yeah. Finding a ministry peer or a ministry professional, a Christian counselor who can help talk us through those moments when we're struggling with the personalities or the stress, finding Wait individuals. Wait a minute, i got to stop yeah. you there. You mean going to a counselor, pastors can go and talk to someone else? One of the healthiest habits <laughs> a Christian pastor can experience is finding a Christian counselor, even if it's just for a semi-annual checkup. 
someone Not asking that. honest questions and getting honest responses. Healthy people emerge from those settings. Yeah. That kind of health translates into stronger witness and healthier church congregations. Yeah, and so you got feedback in your ministry, it sounds like. Someone shared with you what they were seeing, what they were watching, and how important is feedback to oh, us? I, I, you have to go seeking it sometimes. It doesn't okay. always flow at That's you. That's true. But I had to go out and talk with other people in my community and say, help me learn things I don't know. Help me find out what's going to be happening to me. I was blessed to be around a circle of persons who were eight to ten years ahead of me in ministry, the mm -hmm. group I sort of hung out with early on. Sure. And they told me stories that helped shape me and built some resilience in me. Oh, I'm likely to have this experience down the line, even mm. if I'm not having it right now. Uh, also, when I moved into a community, I quickly began checking out the resources that were available. Yes, for my congregation, but also for me. Sure. Find a good physician. Find a good counselor. Find individuals who can help you build exercise and, and holistic health into your experience. This is part of an intelligent stewardship of the resources God's planted in you. If you're going to make it through 40 years of ministry, <laughs> you're going to need a support team. Oh, man. I, I, I've, I'm resonating with this because someone listening right now is about to throw in the towel. Yeah. Um, and they feel like no one cares and the weight of the world may be on their shoulder. I'm hearing you say resilience is being able to bounce back. But it's not a quality that we just find in ourselves. Okay. It's the structures we build around ourselves that give us resilience in those moments. Ah. Having places to turn, knowing what to do. When I get discouraged, here's what I will do. When I find myself struggling with my health, here's the resources I'm going to. When I need a sabbatical, when I mm. need a retreat, here's how I'm going to organize that. Here's the permissions I'm going to seek and get. Mm -hmm. uh, intelligently thinking about our own vulnerabilities is wise use of our resources. And I wish <laughs> more younger pastors learned that there are tools around them and people around them. You've done this with your life, Ivan. Yeah. You've been that kind of figure for many of them. Mm -hmm. I would venture there are dozens of people in ministry because they got to have conversations with you that were completely off screen, and yet those were the things that kept them in ministry. Yeah, and Bill, you're making this official, though. The Adventist Review editor yeah. is saying, take care of yourself. It, that's what God calls us to do if we're going to have sustainable lives. He doesn't ask us to burn out, certainly doesn't want us to rust out. Sure. He really wants to see us flourish throughout a career in ministry. You know, when you read about Moses uh, in Deuteronomy, yeah. uh, the Bible says he was 120 years. His, his eyes were still strong. Yes, yes. His strength was still there. And maybe that's a model for us well, going forward. At, I'm at, sure 120 years, uh, who knows? But, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a model of what I hear you saying. Moses really could have gone longer, but the Lord said it was time to lay down. All of us ought to be thinking about how do I do this in a way so that as I mature, I am not on some declining glide path okay. toward retirement where my body and my spirit are broken by the time I start collecting a retirement check. Right. We ought to be, as the expression goes, finishing well. 
yes. flourishing toward the end of our career, able to pass on to others, to mentor in others the things that God has taught us in our own life experience. I think we are being reminded through this conversation of Paul's words when he finished. Yes. He says, I've fought a good fight. Yeah. I've kept the faith. Yeah. Uh, and he finished strong. Timothy was the recipient of that mentoring. That's right. Timothy was the one into whom he poured the gifts and the knowledge, the, the support systems, so that Timothy wasn't somehow just relying on himself. Right. He had this enormously powerful mentoring figure who, whose influence guided him even after Paul was gone. You know, I am blessed to receive Sabbath mornings, a wonderful message of grace from you every Sabbath. Mm. What would you say here in these last few seconds of our broadcast to pastors who are still learning how to be resilient? You know, Jesus has for each of us a goal of experiencing his wholeness and his joy. And that's the thing we can help call out in each other, building around each other the systems that help us realize, yes, this is a difficult moment, but Jesus offers hope and he often does it through my peers in ministry. Pastor Bill Nott, it's been a real privilege and pleasure. Thank you for being with us on Ministry in Motion. Let's review the points about mentoring pastors toward resilience. The first thing we talked about was simply about the vanishing act. We lose the gifted and the called because we don't teach resilience. Number two, the significance of resilience is simply this. Take care of yourself. And then last, we talked about learning resilience from others and this being and giving you staying power in ministry. Remember, resilience is an essential ingredient in the 21st century. Mentoring others toward that resilience is key for all workers. So keep pouring into others. We are so glad. You've joined us for Ministry in Motion.